Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome back, Renegade Nation. This is Up Close. I'm Chris Tenney, your host, and today we're going to have John Camp from the Humane League with us. It's going to be a good half hour of talk. You're going to learn how you can have a real impact in the world with the way you spend your dollars, with the way you choose to live your life. You're going to hear about what the Humane League's doing and how you can get involved. Thank you for joining us today. We're here with John Camp, as I mentioned, and uh, thank you for joining us, folks. Just to take care of a little bit of housekeeping before we get started, if you're listening at ChrisTenney.com, that's T-I-N-N-E-Y, ChrisTenney.com, you can check out the links to listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere else that you happen, to, whatever your favorite podcast app is, you can listen to Up Close. So make sure you plug into that and subscribe. We always appreciate you, especially on iTunes. They pay a lot of attention to who leaves those comments there at the bottom. I appreciate the half a dozen people that left comments after our last show with Bruce Perlowin, the, the CEO of Hemp Inc. Today, I'm really excited. Those of you that have been following me over the past two decades while I've been on and off the air and, and uh, involved in a lot of campaigns to help animals, that uh, you might remember the show that we did when I was on another network with John Camp. He was at Vegan Outreach at the time, uh, organization that, uh, that's how I met him actually years and years ago. I don't think he remembers me, but I was calling in, getting brochures, doing some leafleting and uh, trying to make an impact in my community. And I was real excited about what they were doing. So when I called in, he was happy to jump on the show. Well, skip forward a couple of years. He's now at the Humane League, an organization that is doing all sorts of great things. They have an advocacy campaign uh, for animals. They have uh, some testing, a lab. They have a campaign going out to help chickens right now. So I'm just going to jump right in because we got a jam-packed half hour. Don't forget to hit the link at the bottom of this show if you're listening at christinney.com or on facebook or any of the social media campaigns to make sure you click through to the humane league get their newsletter find out how you can get involved they have offices all over and if they don't i'm sure they'll find a way for you to help get one started so john camp thank you for joining us the executive excuse me you're the vice president of grassroots at the humane league correct that is correct thank you chris it's a it's an honor to be here well this is great well so for those folks that have not heard of the humane league can you just share with us a little bit about uh, who they are and, and what you guys do yeah thanks for asking so we are an international farm animal protection organization and we work to better the lives of farm animals through institutional campaigns where we get companies to ban some of the cruelest confinement practices and we also work to create a personal change where we reach out to consumers to, you know, for them to make more humane food choices. And, and then a huge chunk of our work is also just mobilizing activists. You know, we want to we want to grow the movement and uh, turn these uh, volunteers into leaders. So we, we've been around since 2005 and uh, and we've been growing pretty significantly over the last few years. And we've. Uh, our, our uh, rate of victories and the, the um, significance of the victories has been expanding pretty uh, rapidly. So, so it's, a, it's a good time uh, to be a part of the Humane League, and it's a good, part, good time to be uh, in the farm animal advocacy movement. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun following the Humane League on Facebook and Instagram. You guys are real active on those, and I uh, love all the stuff you guys have been posting. Yeah, thank you. That's that's primarily due to John Oberg, who uh, who is a social media mastermind, and uh, <laughs> and and so we're we're really lucky to have him on board. And and yeah, he's he's uh, he has been he he joined the Humane League at the same time I did about two years ago, and he is. Uh, uh, significant. Our our number of uh, social media followers has expanded significantly uh, thanks to John's work. You know what? I'm going to make sure we put I, on their Instagram. I saw the picture of you. It said, "Look, Mom, they made a meme out of me." 
<laughs> so I'm gonna, that's right. That, that's an incentive for people. Go when you go listen to the show. I'm gonna post that, Mr. Producer. Make sure I mark that down to put that uh, up on the on the show page. So, so, <laughs> so before we get into all the great things that the Humane League is doing, let's uh, share with people a little bit about your journey to becoming vegan and and uh, your what your experience has been. Yes. So, so it was 1995. I was uh, at a community college called the College of Lake County in Great Lake, Illinois, a suburb outside of Chicago. And I took an intro to ethics course. And uh, in the, uh, I, my dad grew up on a small farm in rural Iowa. And when, you know, I was a kid and asked my dad about the treatment of farm animals, he told me that farm animals on, on at least his small farm led good lives. And, and for the most part, I'm guessing the did, but fast forward to 1995, I'm taking an intro to ethics course, and uh, and we talked about various ethical issues, and one day we talked about farm animals, and, and the professor of the class uh, showed us uh, uh, some footage on uh, of factory farms and, and gave us some arguments that I had a tough time uh, re- rebutting, and, uh, and uh, so at, at that point, I, I realized that somebody who was concerned about doing the right thing and... and uh, speaking up for the downtrodden. I should go at least vegetarian. I didn't really know much about veganism at the time. And so that day I went vegetarian. And then fast forward a few years later, I learned more about the conditions of uh, egg-laying hens and dairy cows, and I went vegan. And uh, and then in 2000, I was I was a guitar teacher at the time, and I, uh, I, I was starting to feel more of a sense of an urgency to spend my days doing something for farm animals. And so I decided to quit teaching guitar lessons, and I... Uh, uh, took an internship with Farm Sanctuary in Watkins Glen, New York, and I spent the summer doing that. And after that, I realized that I wanted to really devote uh, my life to to uh, bettering the lives of farm animals. And I became a I moved to the Washington D.C. area, became a volunteer with groups like Compassion Over Killing and Vegan Outreach. And then in 2004, Jack Norris, who uh, was the president of Vegan Outreach at the time. He uh, told me that they vegan outreach had the funds for their first uh, volunteer, first grassroots coordinator, and uh, asked if I would like to take the job. So I took the job and I moved out to New Jersey, and then I spent about the next ten years traveling around the country doing outreach on college campuses, and eventually moved to more of a managerial role. So I was managing some of the grassroots team, and then. About two years ago, I decided to make the switch to the Humane League, and I have been the vice president of grassroots, which means I, I oversee our grassroots team at the Humane League. Well, that's great, because I just wanted to establish a little bit of your street cred there, because that last show we did on vegan purity, you know, the purity test, where you and I were chatting about how everybody should just do what they can, you know, quit harassing people to where they don't want to be around to the vegan community because of how they're treated. And I think, uh, Agreed. so I'm going to, I'm going to put a link to that. I'm not going to jump into all that today, but I, I'm going to put a link next to that show, that show. And for all of you that might complain, check out that street cred and then, and then post. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say, I will say that I, I still uh, hold true to, to that belief that that we're going to win more people over to our side when we're, when we're nice to them. And when we don't, uh, nitpick every little decision they make, and when we when we have a big tent and and welcome in that big tent anyone who who wants to make a positive change for farm animals. You know, I think ultimately that's that's what's going to do the most good for farm animals, in my humble opinion. Yeah, you know, I I was out uh, doing a demo with somebody on the streets, and somebody admit I just said I shouldn't say admitted, they stated. <laughs> 
they were vegetarian. <laughs> they were vegetarian, uh-huh. and man, I could uh-huh. not believe how they were treated. I was happy they were there holding a sign, and I, you know, I, and we were winning them over and chatting for an hour because they were there all afternoon. And just like you, you said you, people get additional information, and then they make the next move. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty remarkable that, that sometimes we want to limit our pool of uh, of activists, and and you know, we're we're. We're small enough. To, I mean, we're we're a growing movement, but we're small enough that we should we should welcome those who who want to take part in create positive change. All right, folks, I'm going to put a link to that show because it is a great show, and you should check it out. But when we come back from this break, we're going to be talking about how you can actually get involved. I love shows like this: direct action, things you can do today, not ne- not next week, not next month. When we come back, we're going to share with you a campaign they have to help chickens, where you should not be spending your money, and what you can do in communities around America with the Humane League. We're talking to John Camp. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back, Renegade Nation. This is Up Close with John Camp of the Humane League. Talking to us today about how we can get involved and help animals. Talked a little bit in the last segment about the purity test, one of our previous conversations on an earlier show we did. Gosh, it's probably been a year or two ago that we did that show. Uh, John, thank you for joining us today. We've got people listening from all over the world to the Up Close podcast. We were thrilled to have you on. I love shows like this, as I was mentioning before the break. Uh, I love shows where people can actually find out what they can do. They can they can get inspired, but they can actually get off their butt and go do something. And I was thrilled when you were telling me about the 88% campaign. So I'm just going to let you have the mic and tell everybody about this this exciting program that they can get involved in no matter where they happen to be. Yeah, thanks for asking. So, so our 88% campaign is a campaign that's aimed at bettering the lives of chickens raised for meat. So out of all the farm animals uh, raised and killed for food in the U.S., 88% of them are chickens. And and our campaign is working to impact them in three key ways. One is to uh, to have more of a slow growth uh, phase for or, or for for the birds to be grown at a to to have genetic to to be bred for slower growth, I should say. So so. Uh, you know, in, in 1925, a typical chicken was killed at about 112 days. Now they are much bigger and they're killed at 48 days. So they're just grown at such a rapid rate that their limbs and organs often can't keep up with that. We are working to add environmental enrichment so they have some basic amenities such as, uh, you know, having windows for, for sunlight, uh, straw bales, et cetera. And we're working to eliminate live shackle slaughter, uh, so so that uh, chickens, so that their their last moments aren't as horrific. They're often killed while still fully conscious. And right now, our campaign is working company by company to get them to adopt these progressive welfare standards. We've gotten companies like Chipotle and uh, Aramark, Compass Group, Starbucks, Subway to adopt these better policies and. And this week, we actually had a really good week. We got Barnes & Noble, uh, Jamba Juice. Yesterday was Campbell's, Campbell's Soup. Wow, so, you congratulations. Know, camp, yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty big. You know, Campbell's is known for, for chicken soup, and, and so it was a big deal to get them on board. And then ju- just literally 
Uh, within the last hour, Carnival Corporation, which runs Carnival Cruises, also adopted these standards. So, so it's 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 really heartening to see these companies making these changes. And what we are doing for for my department, we're we're right now focusing. The grassroots is focusing on. Darden, which runs Olive Garden and Capitol Grill and Longhorn Steakhouse and a few other restaurant chains, and CKE, which runs Hardee's and Carl's Jr. And so uh, the grassroots right now is focused on using our grassroots force to, to get these companies to change. And, and that means holding protests, doing leafleting outside of their uh, establishments, having work parties where activists come together and send letters to leadership, et cetera. So, so I want to talk. So that's that. That's what that's what we're working on, and and we've got. Uh, we would love for anyone to take part in this work. So let me unpack that a little bit, piece by piece. Here, so going back to the beginning there. So when you say that they've sure. adopted uh, these standards, so they're actually buying their food from other people, or I should say, their animal parts from other people. Uh, so does that mean that they're now demanding that their suppliers adopt these practices? That, that, that's ex- that, that's exactly what it means. Is that their 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 suppliers have adopted these, or that they've committed a policy. They, they've made a commitment that they will only purchase from suppliers who have adopted these progressive standards. Well, that's pretty powerful because I read a report a few months back about how so many places were going organic because Walmart uh, was demanding it, that a lot of people were just doing it out of a pure business sense because they wouldn't have enough business if they didn't. If you get all of these organizations, Carnival and Starbucks and all these places that are demanding this process, you know some of these companies, that's, just gonna, that's the way they're going to do all their product. They're not going to just do it separate for this one customer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the nice thing about these institutional changes is that these companies make these policies and then it means every every consumer, everybody who purchases from there are, are at least getting products that come from uh, uh, policies that are significantly less cruel. Right, right. So... So tell us, how can we get involved then? I, I, that's what I really love about the Humane League is that it's so easy for people, no matter where they are, to get involved. And this is an excellent, folks, if you know anything about me, you listen to my other shows, I love things where we can actually go take action, make some noise, let people hear what we're talking about. So I get really excited yeah. about campaigns like this. Maybe you can share with everybody what that looks like. Yeah, thanks for asking. So, so right now we have 12 grassroots offices. They're, they're from coast to coast. We've got them uh, in Los Angeles. San Francisco, San Diego, Seattle, Chicago, uh, Atlanta, Charlotte, D.C., Philly, New York City, etc. And so, so we've got 12 grassroots offices. We would love for anyone to get involved with that. And, and that means we have a grassroots director. Oh, in D.C. too. And we have a, a grassroots director who, who runs these protests, who runs these events. We, we do some veg outreach in these cities too. And so any volunteer who wants to get involved, we would love for them to to join up with us. And then even if you are not in a city where we have a grassroots office, say you're in um, Des Moines or, you know, Boise, Idaho, and, and, uh, and, you know, we don't have offices there, but we have a national volunteer program, which is we have two national volunteer coordinators who give any activist who wants to get involved the, the tools to, to take part in our work. And, and so, Anyone who would like to get involved, we have the means uh, for you to get involved, and we uh, adore our volunteers and and are uh, and are, are very attentive to them. And so, so anyone who wants to get involved, it's going to be a very positive experience. And we give we have tactics that really are working. So, so you know, I think some people can 
can get a can get disillusioned that they're taking part in something where uh you know at the end of their hour or two hours volunteering they're thinking where did 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 this really result in any tangible change and and one nice thing about our campaigns is that that a lot of these protests that individuals are coming out for you know we 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 win these campaigns and so it's nice for 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 example all the volunteers who took part in our subway campaign you know they came out for a protest they wrote letters to the executives and then we won that campaign so we can we can connect their hour of volunteering with with a with a victory that had tangible impacts for animals. Wow, that's exciting. That's really great. So yeah. So explain to me. I said I'm sitting in Boise. Shout out to Boise. I love all my vegan friends in Boise. You guys need to get a chapter. <laughs> Can't believe you don't have a chapter, Boise. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. If I'm sitting in Boise, yeah, get a hold of them, you guys. You go there. You got to represent. So I'm sitting in Boise. <laughs> I, I go to the website, thehumaneleague.com. It's on .com right now, folks. It'll be on .org soon. But the Humane, not the Human League, different site, <laughs> the Humane League. Dot com and you can see how to get involved in the newsletter and some of these things. So, so what kinds of activities and, and uh, actions might we be able to get involved in? Yeah, so, so thanks for asking that. So some of the main things, let, let's say for the National Volunteer Program, right. somebody wants to get involved with that. Uh, so, so some things we would provide the tools for, for protesting, any of the companies that we're currently targeting, that would mean okay. we'd uh, hook you up with signs, we'd connect you with like-minded individuals, in your city, we would give you the tools to run your own work party. We would give you the, the tools to do leafleting. Uh, we would give you tools to do outreach, veg outreach. So, so you know, like I said, leafleting. Uh, and uh, and then there's also an educational component, which is really nice, which is every other week we have these calls where, where it's run by our national volunteer coordinator, Rachel Black, and we have various experts on animal advocacy come on and talk. So, so, you know, we want to make sure that we're giving individuals the opportunities to get involved in our work, but it's also, uh, we're also giving back to the individuals who, who, you know, give for the animals and we're training them in effective activism and, uh, and connecting them with like-minded individuals. I think that sometimes uh, individuals who, who want to get involved with activism can feel uh, a little isolated that, you know, they really care about this, but they don't have any friends who, who, who do. And so one thing we try to do is make sure that we're connecting everyone uh, who are near each other uh, to, to get together and do something positive for animals. And then uh, having these video calls with, with a bunch of different volunteers, we, we try to connect uh, like-minded activists uh, across the, the country and, and in many ways across the world. You know, that's really important because, the, you know, community is so important. I do a lot of work with a nonprofit called Circles USA where they work with families to help support them out of poverty. And uh, I've seen some of the research coming out of the universities on how important it is to have a community of people around you that are like-minded with the same kinds of goals. So uh, I don't I don't want to underemphasize, you know, these people that might be in Boise. Wait till you find out how many other people are in Boise. Can you tell I want a chapter in Boise? <laughs> if you're there, you'd be surprised. You don't even know all the people. I've done some leafleting in Boise, and it was, it was at Boise State University, and it was good leafleting. Yeah, the river right there. <laughs> so I, I, get, <laughs> I get excited about that. And some of the uh, best friends I have are people I met way back more than two decades ago outside of KFC while we were protesting. You know, people were actually getting out of their oh. cars in the drive-thru and coming over to us and, and you know, oh, yeah. asking questions. It was really worthwhile. Yeah, there, there are a lot of people who are, you know, when, when you present this in a manner that, that welcomes people, uh, there, there are a lot of people who come up and ask questions. And, and uh, 
you know, that's that's part of our goal is to continue to grow the movement and to to um, be the types of activists who who welcome uh, welcome new volunteers and and welcome those who are who are curious in doing something to help farm animals. All right, folks. Well, when we come back, I'm going to ask John to give us a letter grade on how we're doing in the movement so far since I last talked to him. Are we doing better? Are we doing worse? You're going to find out. You're going to find out how you, whatever the grade is, how you can help improve it and be part of helping animals with the Humane League. That's thehumaneleague.com. We'll be right back with Vice President John Camp of the Humane League right after this break. Welcome back, Renegade Nation. This is Up Close. I'm your host, Chris Tinney, and we're talking to the Vice President of Grassroots at the Humane League, John Camp. Welcome him back to our show for the second time, a different network. We're on the Renegade Talk Radio Network now. Uh, John, thanks for joining us today. What a great conversation. I love hearing about what, what's happening with the Humane League and how people can get involved all around the country. Uh, and I think we established in the last segment that by the next time I interview you, there will be a chapter in Boise. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on it. I'll, I'll, I'll try to pull some strings. I have a friend who's a great vegan up there, Rio Love. If Rio Love, if that name alone doesn't attract everybody to a chapter, I don't know what will. So I'll talk to him. Well, well I told everybody, so how would you, what, I ended the last break saying I was going to ask you to give us a letter grade in the movement. I mean, you've been involved in this for, for more than a decade, close to two decades, I guess, from what you were saying there. How do you think we're doing it? I don't know if things are getting more extreme and we're just becoming more divided, like the politics in this country, or if we're actually winning people over because I know vegan products are becoming real popular, but a lot of people are buying those, you know, I don't know if it's just hip or if it's really part of the movement. So how would you grade the movement today? Yeah, that's a tough one to say. There's, there's a lot to consider, but, but uh, I don't, you know, maybe a, uh, in many ways we're, we're uh, advancing at, at a rate that I wouldn't have seen uh, imaginable back, back, you know, even, even five years ago. Um, and, and then there are some areas that I think there's room for growth. So, you know, factoring in everything, I don't know, maybe I'd give, give us a B, but, but I, I certainly think there's a lot to be proud of. And, and, um, for example, the, the corporate victories that we've had, the, the, the rate of victories, uh, is, 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 like I said, uh, at a pace that, that I wouldn't have imagined. It was just about 10 years ago that, Cage-free victories that we were celebrating were uh, a dining hall at a college campus had, had gone cage-free. And now now we've got every major food purchaser in the United States has agreed to to uh, a cage-free policy to, to get battery cages out of their supply chain. And we're talking about companies like Walmart and, you know, Safeway and, and McDonald's. And and so, so you know, the in terms of uh, real-world changes, real-world policy changes that impact animals. I think we uh, are, are seeing uh, policies that, that I wouldn't have imagined. Uh, I, I think that we, as a movement, are more strategic. We're, we're, uh, we, we put a lot more emphasis on farm animal suffering because, you know, 99% out of all the animals raised and killed in the United States are farm animals. So, so I think uh, it's, it's, uh, very clear that over the last decade or so, we've we've put a lot more of our resources as a movement to to make life better for farm animals. I know that when I first started leafleting about 14, 15 years ago, veganism was uh, a foreign concept to many. And now I feel like when I'm out talking to people about this, it seems like about 
most people I talk to have a friend or a significant other or a colleague who's who's vegan. Uh, and, you know, I think we take things like social psychology more seriously and, and research. And and, uh, and then another thing that gives me hope, too, is just this growing effective altruist movement, which is individuals who are concerned about making sure that their, their time spent advocating or their charity dollars go to organizations who's uh, who, who impact the most animals. So, so we're, we're seeing effective altruist groups uh, popping up on college campuses throughout the United States. Lots of and, and elsewhere, lots of cities have effective altruist groups. So, so for me, there is a lot to be hopeful about. And, and sure, there there are uh, there are activist groups where or, or tactics that I don't think are always um, the the most wise, but. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I, I also think there's a lot to be to be hopeful about. And, and I, I certainly have seen uh, a rate of progress that that I wouldn't have imagined, you know, just five years ago. Well, that's exciting to hear. I'm, I'm really excited to hear that. You know, I I always am reminded of that story of the starfish. The person's throwing in the starfish in the ocean and someone comes along and says, uh, you know, you know, you know, you're not going to make it get to them all. And they said, well, to this one. It makes a difference. And I know that that might become cliche to people, but what would you say to people that are wondering, you know, if I, if I really go out and protest and demo and hand out leaflets, um, you know, am I really making a difference? How, how would you answer that? Yeah, well, well, I would say absolutely. You know, let, let's say you're taking part in one of our corporate campaigns. I mean, we, we've won the, the overwhelming majority of the campaigns that we have, that we have waged and, and the ones that we haven't yet are, we're, we're going to win. Uh, so, so, um, for that and, and, you know, just each time we get out and I, I remember when I was out leafleting for, for vegan outreach that, that, uh, after a, a long tour, say I was out for two or three months and I was leafleted all these different college campuses, I would then see our spreadsheet that we would get where it would say where all the vegetarian starter pack requests came in from. And it would be all these college campuses that I leafleted. So, you know, there was this, I was seeing, I was seeing firsthand that, hey, I had been in this location and now there are, there are individuals who are wanting more information about veganism. And, uh, and, you know, so, so our individual actions do matter. And, you know, there, there's always going to be suffering in the world and, and there's nothing we can do to totally abolish it. But through our actions, we can pretty significantly reduce the, the total amount of suffering and, uh, you know, similar to what you're alluding to for, for those animals who are impacted by this, this matters. You know, you think about some of the farm animals endure some of the, I would say, worst suffering imaginable. And, and to, to think that through our work, we can, um, we can play a role in, in policies that, that significantly reduce that, or we can create new vegetarians where, where, you know, we're looking about, we're looking at hundreds of animals impacted per each uh, vegetarian's life, uh, vegetarian or vegan's life. So, so, you know, I, I think that, um, through activism, are we going to reduce all suffering? No, but, but, uh, we're through, through activism, are we going to reduce if we're, if we're putting our efforts towards, uh, effective practices? I think it's, uh, hard to refute that, that we're certainly going to impact a, a large number of animals. And, you know, with unfortunately, with with uh, all this great suffering, it at least gives us a a great opportunity to reduce a lot of it. And and uh, I think there's 
really no option but, but to try and to, to get involved with it. You know, I think I, I remember watching a Howard Zinn documentary and, and or a documentary about Howard Zinn, the, the historian who wrote A People's History of the United States, and he was saying that, you know, if we don't engage in this, uh, in, in activism, there, there's a hundred percent certainty that we're not going to create change. But, but, you know, if we do, there's, there's at least a, a decent chance that we will. And I guess if, if we're really committed to creating change, um, I guess the only thing we can do is try and then to, to, if, if we're going to try to, to take part in the, uh, forms of advocacy where it's more likely for success and more likely that we're going to make a tangible impact. So, so I think the, the short answer is that, that being involved in smart, uh, pra- pragmatic activism, uh, it's, it's a certainty that we're, we're making a, a real significant change for animals. Well, that's exciting. And John, I want to thank you for all your help uh, with helping animals over the past two decades and your career with uh, both Vegan Outreach and now the Humane League. I want to encourage everybody to go to thehumaneleague.com and find out about if you've got if you're near a local chapter if you are jump in if you're not by all means especially if you're in Boise get <laughs> sign up and get some brochures and some placards and get your butt out on the streets you're going to meet some great people and you're going to feel really good and you know being vegan really isn't just a whole bunch of list of rules it's really uh, about waking up and being happy and knowing that you're part of making the world a better place not 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 worse off so John thank you so much for joining us today Thank you, Chris. I enjoyed it. And congrats on, on being in, on iTunes and all these other outlets. Well, I pr- thank you. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Yeah. That closes another episode of Up Close. On the way to paperback was on my knee. Man, I had a dreadful fight.